I don't know if, Nathaniel, can you turn those fans so that they're pointing out this way? That would be great. Um, so this summer we're going to unplug. And uh, Pastor Darlene and I, those fans, I know if you're looking at the fans, why don't we turn the fans on? The problem with those fans, they are set to winter mode. And so they will not draw the air up like they're supposed to in summer mode. They're in hot mode, so they're going to blow all the hot air down on you. And we don't have a ladder tall enough to go up there and flip the switches. And one of them's broken. Um, So, yes, I look at the fans, too, and say, it could be better. So we're going to be outside where there's a breeze. So bring a lawn chair. Bring your own coffee. We're not going to be making, we're even giving our hospitality people a break. So if you want coffee on Sunday morning, bring your own coffee. There will be a cooler with ice water on Sunday mornings that's going to be outside and available. Does that make sense? So next Sunday, what time is church? 10 o'clock. What do you need to bring with you? Lawn chairs and your own coffee. Awesome. Or tea or Gatorade or whatever you want. Um, What's that? If it rains, if the weather is bad, we will be in the fellowship hall downstairs, still unplugged. Uh, it's much cooler downstairs, and uh, that's, that's plan B if the weather's bad. Any other questions? Nick? Greeters, 9.30. Just come a little bit early. Uh, we're not going to go crazy with all the stuff, because uh, we're not going to be outside. Um, so we're going to actually repurpose our A-frame signboards to have chalkboards on them with instructions and that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's going to be very simple and unplugged for the summer. And uh, Pastor Darlene and I are going to, um, we've coordinated uh, our preaching calendars. And so even after this, LifeQuest and Crosspoint will be kind of, we'll be doing the same sermon series, whether I'm preaching it or Pastor Darlene is preaching it. And then in September, we're going to have a big grand relaunch, and that'll be on September 17th, where that's where we're going to be doing as much as we can to continue to make the improvements and figure out this wonderful sound system that God has blessed us with, uh, so that when service starts, the microphones actually work, um, and just kind of make a big push, kind of like a grand reopening for all of us. But we'll take the summer to kind of get ready for that. And then launching back to two services again at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock starting in September. Make sense? Uh, So kids workers get a break for the summer. Hospitality workers get a break for the summer. Um, Most of the worship team gets a break unless it's on your turn. The nice thing is if it's just an acoustic guitar and and a vocalist and someone on the box, we have multiple people that can play the box. We have multiple uh, acoustic guitar players, and and then Crosspoint also has a couple of different teams. We could actually put together a t- enough teams that you could maybe only serve one Sunday in the whole summer, um, depending on how many people we can pull together. Does that sound cool? I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited to, to be uh, together uh, with our brothers and sisters from Crosspoint. I'm excited that we get to share with both congregations that both Pastor Darlene will be sharing and I'll be sharing, and um, it's going to be good. I don't know if you saw these. I put some of them out. This is just a tool for my ADHD uh, to help me keep track of myself. Um, and so if you need to doodle, um, sometimes when I'm sitting, I need something to write things down on. 
Um, so I made up church notes. There should be some on the ends of every row. Grab one if you want one. Um, and you can, if your kids need something to color on on the back or you need something to color on on the back, uh, there's something on the back. And then just a place to take notes and keep track of things. You go, TG, you look like you need to take notes. It'll help you stay awake. I will, I will admit uh, the challenge in this space, feeling like I am so far away from you. Um, last Sunday, I just went off of the reservation of my notes uh, because I felt like I was losing half of you to the heat and sleep. And so I kept moving further out into the room just to be closer. Um, and so I'm going to do my best to stay and stick to my notes this morning. And um, so use the notes. If you see someone yawning like my son, elbow them. Um, I get it. It's warm in here. And uh, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through. And uh, God has something good for us this morning. We're going to be wrapping up our series, Ways of the Wise, this morning in Proverbs chapter 31. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31. And as you're doing that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you to come today. Lord, you're already here. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts. Lord, we ask that you would center us, fill our minds, and guide our steps today as we dig into your word. That you would lead us out from here to be people who follow the ways of the wise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 31 is one of those chapters in the Bible that uh, sometimes gets preached on Mother's Day. It's one of those, those passages of Scripture that um, I think sometimes lays a heavy burden on our wives to live up to this gold standard of, of what a wife should be. And I want to share with you this morning, ladies, you can breathe. Because this standard of this idyllic woman isn't necessarily meant for you as much as this woman, this, this, this woman uh, in Proverbs is actually being referred to as wisdom. That, and wisdom personified. And all throughout the book of Proverbs, it talks about how wisdom is out crying in the streets. And wisdom is out calling. And so, ladies, I'm, I'm taking the burden off of you to feel like, oh my goodness, I have to be this Proverbs 31 woman. And lay it on all of us, because we are all called to carry and walk in the way of wisdom. So let's, let's look at this. If, if you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 31, and we'll start in verse 10. And it says this about the virtuous wife. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm. All the days of her life, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. So she's, she's already at this point, she makes her husband look good and she enriches his life. And, and she goes grocery shopping and brings all kinds of food from, from 
Trader Joe's on the other side of town, right? She, she, she buys good food. She gets up before dawn to pre- prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and she buys it. So now she's not grocery shopping. She's now she's buying real estate, right? Uh, Jamie Hinman would love this woman, that, that she's, she's selling and buying property. She could be part of the Hinman group. Uh, and, and so she's, and with her earnings from buying this field, she plants a vineyard. She's entrepreneurial. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure that her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Kind of like my wife staying up all night long for the last few days, making sure that Joy has her medication as she's recovering from her tonsil surgery. And uh, on Friday, my wife got up to get to go to work after being up every two hours medicating and feeding and taking care of joy and and then with a smile on her face went to work all day to then come home and and right a proverbs 31 woman she dresses and she makes her own bedspread she dresses in fine linen and purple gowns her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. This guy's got it good, right? She does the grocery shopping. She's out there making money. She makes her own clothes and the clothes of her family. She dresses well. She makes him look good. And all he has to do is sit and hang out with the guys. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She's clothed. With strength and dignity, she laughs without fear of the future. It's my daughter's favorite verse. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward for her, a reward for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Now, absolutely, that is something that I, we would, as a husband, would love to have. And I'm honored to say that my wife knocks those things out of the park. Uh, now, she's making faces, right? Because she doesn't feel like that she does all of those things. And there are days where she doesn't. And that's okay. Because this picture of this virtuous woman is talking about the, the wisdom personified that, that's something for us to 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 strive and to invite. And so as we've been walking through Proverbs over the last month, we talked about how wise people care, right? That wise people are concerned about the needs of others. We've looked at how wise people serve, that wise people aren't idle. They're not just laying around. They're not just lazy. They're, they're not people who let other people do the work, that wise people serve, and then last week it was Father's Day, and, and we didn't technically jump into Proverbs, but wise people leave a legacy, 
right, that wise people show and lead the way for the next generation, that, they, that whether they are parents of children or they're adults that are part of a church family, that, that we, are, we have a responsibility to lead a legacy and to live a life of example. And what I want to wrap Proverbs up with us for this morning is that there is so much in this book like we could spend the whole year in Proverbs and still only scratch the surface, right? There is stuff in the book of Proverbs that will help you be better with your finances. could be a whole series on that. There could be a whole series on parenting in Proverbs and, and whether or not you want to dig into the is it okay to spank or not to spank. Proverbs kind of leans towards spank. Uh, there are all kinds of things that are, are in the book of Proverbs for literally every area of your life. And as, I, as we wrap this thing up this morning, as we get ready to lean into the summer, I want us to go back to that verse that we shared a little bit in that first week uh, of Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This morning, even though we've just unpacked this passage about the, the woman of virtue, the virtuous wife, we have to go back to the beginning and remember that, that we've only just barely even scratched off the surface. If, if like this were one of those scratch-off codes on the back of an iTunes gift card, We've just kind of scratched off a little bit of the left-hand side, and one character has been revealed. Like, there's a number seven that's been opened, and the rest is still under the scratch-off card. And, and there's so much in Proverbs for us, for our lives, and for living, that, that we have to really, I, honestly, you need to be in Proverbs daily. And whether you want to do that reading thing where whatever day of the week it is, that's the proverb you read. And, and you could literally read Proverbs 12 times in a year and still find something new every, every time that you read it. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so Proverbs closes with this depiction of the, the, the wise and the ideal woman but the woman in the passage is wisdom personified. And, and she's like the summation of all of the principles. Everything that, that Solomon and the other writers who contributed to the book of Proverbs, all the things that they said about how to treat money and how to spend your time and how do you care for the people that are in the world and how do you serve and what do you do with your life. They're all now kind of summed up in this perfect, ideal person, the woman, the virtuous wife, and she's industrious, and she's productive, and she's fruitful, and she's caring, and she's compassionate, and strong, and determined, she's wise, she's discerning, she's faithful. This is the way of wisdom, and this is the road to righteousness. This is the path to God. And I would say, and just, I'm not, I don't think pulling too far of a stretch, this is what the bride of Christ is supposed to look like. And that's all of us. 
that we are all to be striving to be walking in the way of wisdom so that our, for us, and, and as a guy, it feels weird um, to say that I'm the bride of Christ. But my, does my life make him look good? The way that I live my life, am I do, using my life, my time, my resources, my words, my actions, are they pointing people to the, the bridegroom? Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? You know, in, in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy Gale is this little kid from Kansas, right? And she gets sucked up into a tornado and transported to another land. And she's in the land of Oz. And, and she lands in the, the, the country of Munchkinland. And, and her house obviously falls on the witch, and you've all seen the movie, um, and so there's no spoilers there. Um, but she, she's lost, right? She's been picked up out of her life and out of her world and everything that she knows and plopped down. And, and it's interesting how uh, my, my parents tricked me when I was a kid and told me that when The Wizard of Oz first came out, the whole world was in black and white. And that when the house lands and Dorothy comes out of the house, that was when color came into TVs and came into the world and everything, it all started with The Wizard of Oz, right? And we bought it for a while. Right? But so so she, she comes from this black and white, dull, sepia-toned world, and then all of a sudden she's plopped into this land that's full of color and crazy little people uh, who sing and, and run around. And she's got to get somewhere. Where does she have to get? you got to get to the Emerald City, right? Because who's there? The wizard. The wizard who's got the, he's got the way to help her find her way home. And, and so she's got to get there, but there has to be a path. There's got to be a way that she can go that's crystal clear so that she can't get lost. What's that way? Yellow brick road. Absolutely. Right? And I'm not going to make you sing the song. Um, but she's got to follow this, this way. And that the yellow brick road, is, is, it presents this strategy that if you stay on the yellow brick road, if you stay on the way, you will get to your ultimate, the destination that, you, that, that you're supposed to get to. And I would say that for us, Proverbs is that yellow brick road. That if you want to know how to walk in the way, how to walk in godliness and righteousness, you have got to stay on the path. Because when we get off the path, we get into all kinds of trouble, right? There's trees that throw apples at you. There are monkeys that have wings and fly. When you get off the path, there are all kinds of problems. But the yellow brick road represents the strategy of how that you will get there, that, that, that you identify as the best and smartest way to get there. And so similar to the yellow brick road as the only path to the Emerald City, the way of wisdom, the way of us as the bride of Christ 
It's mapped out for us in the book of Proverbs as the only path that will lead us to the king. So there have been so many, when you watch and, and read in, in popular culture, there's all kinds of these representations of a, of a wise person and, and, and ultimately a, a wise woman in, in story. And so you think about characters like uh, Mary Poppins, who walks in this, this wisdom and strength and character that then helps the kids find their way. Or Galadriel from The Lord of the Rings, who, who she shows up at a part of the story where, the, where it seems like everything is lost. And she has gifts for them, and she gives them guidance, and she gives them direction, and she gives them a path so that they know which way to go. And, and both of them you know, are these beautiful pictures of, of the kind of quality and attributes that are mentioned in this closing passage of Proverbs And all of those qualities, all of those characteristics of this wise, virtuous wife can be summed up in that verse that we started at the very beginning of the series, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say that with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's just the beginning and again, we're not talking about uh, terror. We're not talking about, uh, you know, that kind of fear that, that makes you want to close your eyes because of something horrible on a screen. Uh, we're, we're, we've been joking. Um, last Tuesday we had the, our ice cream fellowship at Vicks. And, and we were talking about um, what can we do uh, this fall and the idea was bounced around, we need to do a LifeQuest 5K. And, and so people are like, uh, they're talking about different 5Ks where, and again, this is not for everyone, uh, but the Swainies and the Crafts and my kids were joking about doing a 5K. Uh, and, you know, what, what could that look like and, and how could we do that? And so then Alyssa starts looking up 5K races that are coming up. And lo and behold, there is a 5K coming up in Hamlin called Run for Your Life. And it's a zombie 5K where you basically run through a zombie haunted house for 3.1 miles while people dressed up as zombies are chasing after you. And, and you know, Alyssa is terrified of that idea. It, it, it reminded her of the time our kids... I don't know, Matt, if you remember when we took the kids to the haunted house in Churchville uh, and we dropped them off in, like in a field and they had to go through a house. Um, and, and what was so fun about that, I remember dropping my kids off and um, one of the people that was working in the haunted house heard us say Alyssa's name. So then all throughout the experience, this person is whispering, Alyssa, Alyssa, right? I'm not talking about that kind of fear when we talk about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're talking about a reverence, an awe, a sense of respect, a, a, an acknowledgement of his existence 
and his power and his authority, a, a respect. Right? If, you, if you walk around this building in most, uh, many of the electrical outlets, there are these little plastic plugs plugged in the outlets uh, that are down low so that kids don't do what? Stick their finger or something in there, right? And we, we try to teach our kids to have a healthy respect for electricity and for, for the stovetop, right? When we, when we say, don't put your hand on the stove, don't stick a fork in the toaster, uh, I still have to remind my kids of that. Don't put forks in toasters. But my bagel is stuck. How do I get it out? Ed, do we put forks in toasters? No. Because we have a fear, a healthy respect. Because you only do it once. Uh, you know, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, unplug it. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a reverence, a respect for God that's based in the acknowledgement of his existence, his power, and his authority. And that is where knowledge starts and wisdom begins when we want to walk in the ways of the wise. So because of this wisdom, because of this this virtuous wife, because of her character, the woman in the closing passages of Proverbs is respected by others. She's respected by her children. She's respected by her peers, by her community. She's respected by her husband. She's a person of dignity. She's loved by her family. And, and of course, you know, wisdom and virtue don't always equal that you're going to get respect. Uh, there are a lot of wise people that are out there that don't get respect, uh, especially in the culture that we're in right now where, where disrespect is, is normative in our schools and in our communities. Um, I, I was just hearing a story about uh, a, a homeless person um, who the response to removing this homeless person from a situation uh, elicited laughter. And, and, and there's just, just a disdain for people. And I'm not saying that the homeless person is wise, but we, we've... It seems like I've seen a lot of people uh, in this past week making jokes and uh, wisecracks and memes about the horrible accident that happened last week, uh, about the people who chose to take a ride in uh, an unsafe submarine. Um, and, and there's just this disdain for life. And for us, we have to be those kind of people that walk in the ways of the wise. Does it mean we're going to get it right every time? No. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to blow it. We're going to, to make foolish choices. But as the bride of Christ, this should be our, our, what we strive for. What we, we say, God, I want to be that kind of a person. That when people see my life, that my life brings glory to you. That my life brings glory to my family. 
whether that's your church family or your, your biological family, that your life points people down the way of the wise. That when they see the way that you live your life, that you are walking in the way of Christ. Does that make sense? Not a huge revelation, although I think my daughter's head exploded a little bit this morning uh, when I said that the Proverbs woman doesn't necessarily mean wives have to be that. That it could possibly be referring to wisdom personified. And that we, it falls on all of us because we are the bride of Christ. Because um, I think that gets laid on moms and wives. You've got to be a Proverbs 31 mom or a Proverbs 31 wife. We all should strive to be the Proverbs 31 person as the bride of Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that the, even just this one scroll, this one book in the whole can of, canon of Scripture, these 31 chapters that give us a glimpse of what it means to walk in the way of the wise. Father, that you would anoint us to stay the course, to stay on that path and bring glory to you through our careers, through our, our jobs, through our, our free time, through our parenting, through our studies at school, through our, our hobbies, all of the things, every aspect of our lives, Lord, help us to walk in the ways of the wise. And Lord, remember, remind us that the fear of you, the respect of you, the awe of you is the beginning of wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Um, we, in all of the transition, um, didn't realize that we have run out of communion supplies, so we're not going to be having communion this morning. Uh, so, Jake, if you would put the blessing up for us. I want to close in blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord be, smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Blessings. Have a fantastic week. Sunday, what time do you need to be here? Ten o'clock. What do you need to bring? Coffee and your own lawn chairs. Um, yeah, and if the weather's bad, we'll be downstairs in the fellowship hall. Blessings. Have a great week.